Welcome to the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. And we are finally here this week. It's been a busy week for both of us, Sean. But episode 71, hello. It's just really good right now because normally when I'm talking to you, it's a Tuesday. And, you know, that's the best part of my Tuesday is talking to you. But then everything else about a Tuesday is terrible because I realize it's a Tuesday. And so now <laughs> the fact that we're here on a Thursday... It's just it's just this warm feeling. Our our listeners are going to be hearing us when uh, facing the weekend, and it just feels good. Yes. So officially, welcome to Weekend Eve to all of you that are watching and all of you that will be listening as soon as this is posted. We're happy to have you. We have some fun stuff to talk about, and I think we should dive right in because um, a a trailer for what apparently is going to rival the Bible in popularity. Uh, <laughs> came out this week and i think we need to talk about it what do you think well um it's it's rivaled the bible in terms of uh, how it's uh, consistently theorized um and uh, maybe <laughs> and, possibly and woefully misinterpreted <laughs> and uh like several different uh, books and universes uh like the matthew universe the mark universe let's see what this trailer looks like spider-man no way home <laughs> Ever since I got bit by that spider, I've only had one week where my life has felt normal. That was when you found out. When you botched that spell where you wanted everyone to forget the Peter Parker Spider-Man. We started getting some visitors. from every universe. Hello, Peter. You're not Peter Parker. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Dr. Otto Octavius. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, seriously, what's your actual name? There are others out there. We need to send them back. So, Scooby-Doo this crap. You know, all this is kind of your mess. I know a couple of magic words myself, starting with the word please. Please, Scooby-Doo this crap. You're flying out into the darkness to fight ghosts. What do you mean? They all die fighting Spider-Man. It's their fate. I'm sorry, kid. Yeah, me too. Don't. Look, there has to be another way. There isn't. They're a danger to our universe. You're not gonna take this away from me. Peter. You're struggling. While the world tries to make you choose. This is all my fault. I can't save everyone. What's happening? 
They're starting to come through, but I can't stop them. December 17th, exclusively at movie theaters. Tickets on sale November 29th. Spider Monday. I have a question. I'm, I have way more than just one, but go for it. <laughs> <laughs> My first question is, and I don't know why I didn't think about this before, and maybe it's just because it is Thursday and we're discussing this later in the week and we're both tired from work. What, what J. Jonah Jameson, he's from the Raimi universe. Mm-hmm. He was in mm-hmm. No Way Home. No, I mean, Far From Home. I get them all confused. Oh, yeah. Far From Home. How did he get to Far From Home if he's from the Raimi universe? I mean, this is just, yeah. Um, no, I think it's <laughs> just like, it's. I mean, if you think about it, the Electros that we're dealing with are both being played by Jamie Foxx, but they don't look like they're going to be the same Electros. So I think these are, you know, several universe J. Jonah Jamesons. So there's still the cool J. Jonah Jameson in the Raimi universe, but this is the one where that was J.K. Simmons and that... J.K. Simmons, yep, that was J.K. Simmons, but that was definitely a shot of him in Justice League because <laughs> that was like... <laughs> that, that, that's what I thought the first time I saw it, too. <laughs> the entire time, people have been like like showing like pictures of every little bit of this frame of this uh, trailer, and every time I look at that one, I'm like, oh, yeah, J.K. Simmons in Justice League, Commissioner Gordon. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, yeah. this is the... <laughs> so I guess uh, this is like the Alex Jones version of J. Jonah Jameson then. And that's his that's whole thing, because he, he's bald. I mean, like, because technically J. Jonah Jameson had hair in the Raimi one, and, you know, in this one, he was just straight up bald on, and he was just online. So it's a, a different variant, if you will, if we're going to go there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing it all. Let's get it. Let's get into it. So, Sean, you and I were both critical of the first trailer that came out for Spider-Man mm-hmm. No Way Home, uh, and I think we both continue to agree that this is a heavy lift of a movie and there's a lot that it has to accomplish. Um, what are your thoughts on this trailer in general? Um, I want to be fun. I want to get joy from things. This was just, it was, it didn't like upset me or anything like that, but it's just, this something where it's like, you know, especially it's just felt like this lukewarm apple pie that I just really, I'm like, okay, I will enjoy this. I will like this. I, I enjoyed what I saw, but it wasn't anything that got me really excited. And maybe it's because the only Spider-Man villain that I thought was really cool. I mean, green Gob- green goblin kind of, but you know, that's just Willem Dafoe in a sound box at this point. We do not know if that <laughs> dude is going to be hanging out there like that. That was just the like complete CG. But um, or Thomas Hayden Church in this uh, situation, but um, I, I just get worried when I see all of them fighting on scaffolding, and I'm like, I remember when a lot of villains fought on scaffolding, and it was Spider-Man three, and I'm <laughs> I'm scared about that. I, the the multi universe situation is starting to get to me. I listen to a lot of podcasts that like break this all down with these multi universes. I know we're already getting them in Loki, and I did love Loki, but like. With this, it just feels like, oh, we're getting a lot, and we're getting a lot, maybe not to progress a story, but to enjoy fan service. Um, and that's fine, by the way. I'm not gonna poo-poo fan service. Truly, I'm not. Like, I mean, you know, granted, showing it in the trailer of uh, MJ almost falling, and then everybody showing all three of them, I was like, okay, yeah, yep. no, you did it too. We get it. Um, it it's like, uh, I get it. There's some of that there, and it's gonna be fun. I will say one thing. I am praying now, praying very hard that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire turn out to just not be in this movie. Do not say that. It would be the ultimate. Theaters? (laughs) No, no, no. I would like them, but just for the reaction, theaters would burn to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) 
it would just be insane. The reaction would be insane only. Obviously, it would be, you know, like it's just that now it's just become such a commonplace where it's like Jon Snow is coming back to life. It's like, OK, right, right, cool. Right. Like, and it's just sort of like all the air has been taken out of it. I mean, there have been people like already saying the over edited trailer where like the Lizard King or whatever he is, like gets punched by nobody. So definitely yeah. like something got like photoshopped and it's probably one of the spider men. Um, even though they Brazil could just trailer. Yeah. But even though they could just have like a Spider-Man there and people like would just be like, okay, a Spider-Man did that. I, I, I don't know. It's this, this is going to be, I mean, I'm interested in it. I'm also worried about, and we're going to talk about this one later, but the fact that this was going to take place after the uh, Dr. Strange uh, second movie, Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. And then now is taking place beforehand, therefore triggering a lot of reshoots, causing them to have to shoot while the movies, be, or excuse me, right while the movie's being shot. Uh, this was a lot from the Holland piece. I, I wait, ugh. is that accurate that it was supposed to come out after? I, I got Strange? that from a few uh, sources. I don't know how accurate it is, but like I, I heard, excuse me, I heard that from a few sources, and so. Okay. I, I don't know how like truly accurate that is. Um, I figured you'd know better than me. So, <laughs> uh, well, I'm, so just, now I'm trying to recall and I'm not looking it yeah. up right now. Cause it would, it would take, <laughs> it would take me a little while to fi- to find it, but the, uh, it's been scheduled for December for quite a while now. Um, and okay. with, and Dr. Strange has always been uh, at yeah. least in March of next year. So that's, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but uh, who knows? I mean, we, if you're the Tom Holland piece, if it's the one that I think you're referring to, he talks a little bit about how uh, they were writing the third act, like while they were on set and they were changing things, which never bodes well and makes me nervous. We also are going to talk about what's going on with Dr. Strange in a little bit. So it does seem like there's a lot of moving targets. I think my whole thing here is number one, I, I actually really like the trailer. This one got me excited. The last one did not at all. I still think it's a very overhyped movie. I think it's cool what they're doing, but I think that it's very overhyped and it's really strange to me how this one took off so much when the homecoming and uh, far from home reception was not like this. Like all of a sudden they're like, well, it's going to be great because everyone had the idea that Toby and Andrew were coming back. I, I am 110% sure that they are in this movie. Same. Um, I should, yeah. I should reckon also, same. <laughs> but I just want chaos. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I keep throwing like on comments on TikTok and stuff with when people are posting about it. I'm like, what if it's not like Andrew Garfield's uh, Spider-Man <laughs> that's punching lizard? What if it's Miles Morales because he can go invisible? Um, and Tom Holland just made a comment about how they should make a Miles Morales movie. So maybe they're going to go that route. Like, um, <laughs> I also realized in watching this that I was I, the first three times I watched it, I missed a few things. One being um, I made a reference to the fact that there is the Captain America shield on top of the Statue of Liberty at one point, And then later on, it's not. And I took that as two different universes that we were mm-hmm. looking at. Um, I don't think that's the case now after watching that, because they do show it falling um, off the scaffolding, oh. I'm assuming. Um, so I was incorrect there. Um, and then people dragged me for this vi- video I reposted. Did you see this? Keep in mind. Wait, wait, wait. I was incorrect there. I want to like straighten this out right away. <laughs> Nobody is correct or incorrect right now. <laughs> like, well, it, was no just a, it was a poor observation. Like, uh, I, the- I guess, but still I'm defending you on this. It's a trailer. <laughs> we know nothing. 
I think I saw Mephisto, so I'm standing by that one. And then, also, uh, but the other one was this guy posted a video showing um, it was kind of, it wasn't a doctored clip, but it was a uh, only part of a partial clip of Doctor Strange when he's trying to like when he has Spider-Man up there and he's trying to stop him from taking whatever that box is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see another web grabbing his foot. Originally, when I first saw that without seeing the trailer, I was like, oh my God, that guy's right. There's definitely another Spider-Man shooting in through a portal, like grabbing him, but it's actually him, uh, Peter Parker, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, shooting the web and Doctor Strange using the portal to redirect it at him from behind, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's actually fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was cool when I saw it again. Um, I here's what I'm hoping. You brought up a really good point with the multiverse. It is going. MC, the MCU is already difficult to follow. Okay. It is all over the place. I like that they're exploring this idea of the multiverse and really blowing things open. Um, but then they have to let it settle at some point. So I'm hopeful that by mid next year, maybe even by the time we get to like Black Panther two at the end of next year and um i'm trying to think of some of the other stuff coming down the road that we we settle a little bit into unique universes so if we're going to spend time in space or we're going to be on in this universe with this crew then we know that that's happening and if we're going to be in this universe with the normal crew that we're used to then that's happening and that's great they can play together in the same sandbox in avengers level movies but let's not do it every damn movie because you're gonna you're gonna run out of steam so i do think that they need to level things off at some point and that seems to be what they're trying to do with dr strange where it's going to be like that's the madness that's the craziness that is hopefully going to rectify whatever happens in uh this um to steal from what you were saying earlier about another movie we were talking about offline godfather-esque spider-man that we're getting uh hopefully that all rectifies that so they have a big task ahead of them and it doesn't surprise me that they're rewriting stuff. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a couple minutes when we get to some of our stories. It's so funny just <sighs> to imagine that while this is being released, like, you know, on, on a Friday, we'll, I'll pro- you'll probably grab a screener. I'll probably see it on a Thursday. And, you know, uh, but meanwhile, there'll be an episode of Haw- Hawkeye that comes out where this like Archer is just trying to get home to his family for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, meanwhile, it's like, oh, the world's ending in a way that, it has never have before, like because like all of reality and balance is pulled again on itself. But Hawkeye's just you know like hanging out with Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, Kate Bishop. that <laughs> keep keep Bishop <laughs> properly. Um, and to switch gears real quick to that trailer, people didn't clock the fact that he's deaf in that. Did you catch that? Wait, he literally says at one point like I, I can't hear you in, in the clip. It's not the full trailer. It's the clip that they showed during Disney Plus Day. He's oh, saying, I didn't, I I didn't even see it. that actually. Yeah, and I watched it again, and it makes sense because she starts doing like she's not doing actual sign language, so I'm not trying to be rude with my hand <laughs> movements, but she's doing wild hand movements. Um, so there's definitely something going on there. Um, but anyway, the, uh, Spider-Man should be interesting. We'll dive back into MCU biz in a few minutes. Um, but we have another trailer that just dropped today that I think we need to check out because this one has some Oscar buzz around it, which oh, yeah. is shocking to me. I, um, I will say not shocking, but we'll we'll get to it after. But okay, well, you are Mister Mister Oscar Man. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll give a little bit of context with it. But all right, we'll so of, of course we're talking about Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Let's watch. You don't fool people, Stan. They fool themselves. Like 
Nightmare Alley. Only in theaters December 17th. Final tra- And there's the trailer. No kidding. Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, thank God. The trailer before the trailer. I didn't know what trailer thank I was you. watching when I was on YouTube. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it wait, it starts now, Joe. <laughs> will ask you simple questions you will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth absolute truth now brief as you can what is your name stanton carlisle are you a true medium yes i am mr carlisle doctor that. Please let it down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can. Under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. You don't fool people, Stan. They fool themselves. I've given you a fortune. It's time that you delivered. When does it end? I want to know. <laughs> if you displease the right people, the world closes in on you very, very fast. I don't think I get it. No, I definitely don't. And that's what I like about it. Because guess what we did? We just saw, like, you know, technically, um, two, like, uh, in the past couple of months, we've seen two three-minute Spider-Man trailers that have showed us quite a lot, except for the two previous actors. And then we have uh, also, like, you know, between that, and so those have, like, been able to be screen-shotted and theorized and stuff like that. I truly don't exactly know what this is about, except that, you know, Bradley Cooper has powers, and either they think he's insane or they're trying to kill him now. And, uh, you know, or Willem Dafoe is trying to figure out, is he man or is he beast from the first teaser? I will say that the, the, the first reaction to this are coming out, I think, this week. And so it will be interesting whether this actually is going to get some Oscar buzz push. But the reason why it's getting it right now is this is Del Toro coming right off of, you know, not right off of, excuse me, but his next film after Shape of Water. And so everyone's going to be looking towards it. And they're going to be looking. So immediately it's on lists. It just goes on perspective Oscar buzz lists immediately. In terms of the actors and actresses, usually when there's a lineup like that, a little bit tough to get on any like sort of list there. But I would say, you know, some of the big ones possibly Bradley Cooper most likely won't get nominated for Licorice Pizza anymore. And that's because apparently he is in like kind of close to two minutes of that movie. (laughs) So, yeah, he's it's like everyone knew it was a short, uh, short, like, but maybe like it's too short to be impactful now, in other words. Um, So everyone says, hey, well, Cooper, Don Cheadle would like a word. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, God, I forgot. Yeah. Guest uh, appearance. (laughs) Bradley Cooper gets best guest appearance in licorice pizza. Um. And then you have, um, you know, Richard Jenkins, who everyone said for the humans, he would get it. But humans is getting like weird reactions to it. So maybe people will nominate Richard Jenkins for this. Best supporting actor. Once again, absolute shit show this year. Complete shit show. Um, And then, you know, would Cooper go in for lead actor? 
Probably not. That's starting to get packed. I don't think lead actor is going to be as open as we thought it was. I got to like really look into it again, but it doesn't look great. So right now, Nightmare Alley, maybe, maybe an actor, maybe a bunch of technicals. And then, and even a Del Toro sounds tough boy. Like, but uh, like for a director, it sounds tough, but all of them are definitely like in the lower top 10. Like I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I gotta be honest. The trailer doesn't really do anything for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'll see it. Um, I'm interested. It right away. I'm like, Oh, he's, this is all in his head. Like that was my initial reaction. Um, So we'll see whatever. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that it is more of a, a an interesting film than it's coming across as. It's mm-hmm. interesting to me that it's getting such buzz ahead of time. It does have a great cast. Willem Dafoe's in everything right now, by the way. He um, doesn't stop working. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, but I want to get a um a char- They had they released the character posters, and one of them was the David Strathairn character poster. And I think I need to get a gigantic David Strathairn character poster and just put it in the wall behind me and stuff like that. All right, well that's your wedding gift. Um, yeah, ex- thank so- you. <laughs> <laughs> Settled. Um, add it to the registry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam will be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh god. Um. We, on the note of licorice pizza, I've seen some reactions that haven't been very positive about it. So, really, that should be yeah. I'm hearing the opposite. Are you really? So, what I'm hearing this, this is actually the the move that I'm hearing is that this is Paul Thomas Anderson's most accessible movie. Interesting. And so that could upset typical Paul Thomas Anderson fans. Yeah. And, but like, you know, bring everyone there. But uh, I mean, critical response, I thought was like, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit, but like it was like around 100 percent. I mean, it probably dipped now, but yeah, I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes. I was just looking at some reactions from people that I follow who I know have seen it. And I'm, I don't know. It interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So let's dive into the news of this week uh, and talk about movies that are not before, on the horizon. Um, before we talk about the news, should we talk about what we've seen? We should. Yes. Uh, I skipped over that on our outline. Um, this That's is my because I didn't write anything. That was my bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll just um, figure out what to put. <laughs> well, while you're figuring out what to put, I'll uh, dive into mine. Um, so first and foremost, let's talk about Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom comes out tomorrow on Netflix. It came out last week in select theaters. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom stars Andrew Garfield and follows the story of Jonathan Larson, who went on to write Rent. Um, this is a musical lover's wet dream. If you are a musical theater lover, you are going to love this movie. Um, I, I loved it. It really was very moving at times and Garfield is absolutely phenomenal in it. Um, the, the fact that he can sing is one of the best kept secrets of anyone's career to me. Um, it is a very, um, it's, it's, I'm trying to think of, I feel like what I'm about to say is a negative and I don't want it to come across as a negative because to me, it's not, I don't know that it's accessible for the people that love in the Heights um, or love the greatest showman or some of the more commercially uh, popular musicals, because this is really a deep dive into the process of making a musical. I heard it's it's like very inside baseball basically is like the term I keep on hearing. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, But it's very intriguing and it never lets up the way that it's filmed. And this is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's first uh, feature. It's very well done Uh, and it's impressively done. So it it balances a lot of different um, 
times in terms of how not a lot of different times it the structure is very un, not unique not even unique mm-hmm. the, like i haven't written the review yet as you can tell um <laughs> The so I'm still gathering my thoughts while I'm I talking. barely say the right thing after I've written the review. So you're good. <laughs> it's um it, it, it's a familiar structure, but it's a tough one to deliver in a way that isn't convoluted and frustrating to the viewer. And I think that Lim Manuel Miranda really delivers it well um, and utilizes the proper times to or recognizes the proper times to cut scenes to jump back and forth to uh, move on and doesn't really dwell on anything far too long. Um, but also can hit you with that emotional punch when you're least expecting it. And it definitely happens. I was crying for about 45 minutes, um, but I, I really enjoyed that movie and I can't wait for people to see it. I'm very impressed with Andrew Garfield. Mm. I, well, and I mean, Vanessa d- Hudgens. I heard she's great. Um, and well, I've heard Andrew Garfield she's incredible right now. In it. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was her. Hmm. Um, I have to say, Andrew Garfield, if we're talking Oscar stuff right now, like, right, he's kind of a, like, pretty solid lock for the best actor race. And so that's, like, some of the people right there. So it's, like, really, I'm so excited to see this tomorrow or Saturday. We're we're staying in this weekend because we don't want to nice. do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be Can watching all the movies. Some busy times coming up. But um, yeah. I have a question in terms of Oscars. So... Andrew is in two movies that are getting Oscar buzz and for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Tick, Tick, Boom for his performance, but also, I mean, people had thrown his performance in the eyes of Tammy Faye up there because of just basically his counter to Jessica Chastain in that movie. I understanding that you get nominated for one film in that one performance does, if you're an Oscar voter, do you consider the strength of other performances they had that year? Or is it just solely based on that? Some people could. Some people definitely could. I could absolutely see that happening, and that happens a lot. And this might be the situation there where, you know, Eyes of Tammy Faye didn't really do it. You know, he's pre- he's really good. He's, like, pretty solid. And then they see Tick, Tick, Boom. They're kind of blown away. And then they remember, well, this guy's having a year right now. Other people might say, well, I don't really want to, like, vote for him for, uh, you know, Eyes of Tam- Tammy Faye, but I do want to vote for him for something. I want him to – he's having a great year, so let's give him something. And that's tick tick boom. Now those are those are the gross ones where it's like it doesn't seem like he really earns that nomination spot. But hey, I mean, however you get to that nomination spot, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, best guest star, best supporting actor in Spider Man No Way Home uh, is what mm-hmm. I am foreseeing for him in the future. It technically will qualify. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> it is before the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other one I want to touch on real quick uh, and very, very quickly uh, because it doesn't deserve any time is Home Sweet Home Alone that hit Disney Plus. Um, Home Sweet Home Alone is uh, an abomination. It is emotionless. It is humorless. And it makes you hate the characters instead of loving the characters. It is not clever. Uh, it is not necessary. Uh, and it is um, quite honestly one of the worst movies of the year for me. Sean, what do you got? <laughs> I forgot to ask one other thing because um, he holds a special place in my heart. Um, in Tick Tick Boom, how does uh, how does uh, Robin De Jesus uh, do? He's phenomenal. He's very oh, good. God, I can't wait. Yeah. Like just after Boys yeah. in the Band, I was just like, this guy's amazing. All the performances are really good in this. Um, it, it, it's yeah, I'm gonna. We'll talk afterwards because it's special. <laughs> Get a gush later. Um, yeah. 
So I uh, saw quite a few movies, but I'm just going to focus on these two. Um, and one of them is uh, the, we keep on talking Oscars today. I don't know what it is, but this is the Oscar front runner for best picture right now with really no second place in sight. Um, and this is Belfast. Yeah. And oh, Belfast was just, just an absolute lovely movie. I mean, isn't it? It's so funny because it's one of these movies where, you know, it won't be my number one movie this year. And like, I, I hope maybe it'll be in my top 10. It might be even lower in my top 10, but the way this was constructed was so pretty like, you know, damn flawless that it deserves the accreditation. And if it does get best picture this year, it deserves that. It deserves to be like listed there. Um, the uh, critiques that people have of like the story isn't cohesive or it's too slice of life are legit critiques, but it's because this is through the um, eyes of a kid that's in the middle of the troubles in Ireland. And that's wonderful because it's one of those things where they could have done a drama about how awful it was to be there at that time. But instead, through the perspective of the kid, you see sometimes the husband and wife are arguing about some stuff. Sometimes there's like some horrible things going on in the streets. But most of the time I want to sit next to the cute girl in class or I want to go to the movies or I want to play in the streets. And but like filmed in the perspectives where you see like your parents as these towering figures where maybe they actually have quite a lot more flaws than we think. Um, I, I, everything about Belfast is great. I hope it's not one of those ones where, you know, it, it starts to not even lose momentum, but starts to get a backlash and people start to uh, dislike it um, only because it's so liked. It doesn't deserve that sort of, uh, Oh, I didn't even talk about the performances. All of them. Amazing. Jude Hill. I'm hoping child performance is solid there. Like, and that keeps going. Um, I mean, Jamie Dornan, who I'd never say great performance, but you know, great performance from him performance, like, um, the two grandparents, Kieran Hines and, uh, Judy Dench, especially Kieran Hines, who like is just, you know, just sounds like anybody's grandpa who just like makes up crap (laughs) when he like gives advice. He's like working on a saddle. They just start saying weird crap. Like he's like, Oh, the moon's made of cheese. And then he keeps like going back. Um, and you know, I talked about Judy Dench. She's exceptional. She has like, you know, one like huge emotional moment at the end. And then uh, Katarina Balfour um, is like just another one where, you know, I, I'll give her some credit because, you know, I, I only have seen clips of Outlander because Sam watches it religiously. Um, but I, I just loved how like passionate she was in that. So Belfast is one you should absolutely see. Oh, my God. I think I think she's going to be up for because I believe they're entering her in supporting. Um. I, if I remember correctly from what I was seeing earlier, but I think that she's going to, I think in my opinion, she'll make the cut of the five. I think so too. Um, they're, I mean, right now, like they're talking about Katarina, they're talking about, this is nuts, but because best supporting actors kind of crazy, Jamie and Kieran being in there, which I saw that. I, I saw that never thought in a million years, but it might actually happen. I think if you're going to pick between one of those two, you know, sorry, Jamie, you were lovely, but I agree. Kieran's kind of a legendary actor. I think you put him in there. Um, Judy Dench, you know, when she's in movies that aren't Artemis Fowl, she gets nominated for Oscars and she's in a movie that's like, like <laughs> surrounded by Oscars right now. There's a chance she could like actually sneak it to have all four people though. That sounds like it's absolutely ridiculous, but I don't know at this point it could happen. <laughs> um, I got to talk about this. Then I'm going to bring it down a little bit with uh, this uh, documentary on Showtime called uh, Attica, um, which is also, I, I'm just going to keep talking about the Oscars is also kind of like looked upon as maybe like a fifth spot, fourth spot for best documentary. 
Um, hmm. Attica is something that Al Pacino shouted in Dog Day Afternoon because he was referencing a prison riot where, you know, many people were killed in that prison riot. Prisoners, of course. Um, and uh, I that's all I knew about it. Um, in this documentary, it's very informative. You get survivors testimony. You get family of, of uh, those who were lost testimony in the talking heads. And they work this through like a narrative picture with a lot of footage, an alarming amount of footage that I'd never seen before. And then some footage that I never want to see again and photographs that I never want to see again. Um, I didn't realize how bad this went at the end of this whole situation. And, you know, I won't say anything. You could obviously read history books, but it's, it is alarming where there's just unchecked aggression uh, from those in power and, uh, you know, we, the fact that we still don't have like a prison reform type of situation and these things can sort of happen. Uh, we're there. And, you know, I get it. Some people are like they're prisoners. Why should they be treated like humans? Well, because they're humans. Um, and that's how we have to like work on this. And it's one of those like re- and they make it complicated, too. They don't make it easy. This is not a bleeding heart, uh, like, you know, kind of like documentary. They tell the documentary the way it is, but they really do make you feel at certain points. There's uh, there's the moments where, you know, nothing can be done. So the lawyers start to leave and the people that were negotiating the prisoners start to leave. And they're like, you know, they're, they all like kind of like they shake their hands and like good luck and stuff like that. One of the people in it, by the way, is um, Mark Rylance's character in uh, Trial of Chicago 7. Uh, oh, wow. And it was wow. when you saw him, I'm like, wow, props to them in uh, Trial of Chicago 7. He looks just like Ryland. <laughs> uh, nuts. But, uh, you know, so he tries to negotiate. And so then there's this moment where the lawyers are gone. Everything's gone. It's just the prisoners. And you know exactly what's going to happen next. And I remember watching that moment. And there was just the deepest pit in my stomach, which I don't actually get from documentaries that often. It's on Showtime right now. Um, I think it really should. It's you know, there's gonna there's better documentaries this year that I really love that are gonna get nominated for Oscars and probably win. But I really did like this one. I would love to see this one on the list. I haven't heard of this one, and being so like in the know with movies as you are, I'm surprised. So that uh, worries me a little bit for its its potential down yeah. the road, especially on Showtime, which I kind of view as like a lesser uh, <laughs> paid <laughs> channel. Well, it's uh, weird. It's like Showtime. It almost feels like this shouldn't qualify because <laughs> it should be a TV documentary or something like that. But it does actually qualify for the Oscars, which the same as isn't um, the humans technically on Showtime. It is premiering at Showtime. Yes. <laughs> All on Showtime. That is true. I forgot about that. Huh. what's going on why is this happening why is showtime all of a sudden like flexing the get, pocketbook get showtime out of here get showtime <laughs> you, you re you reinvigorated dexter go away we're i actually like it though but <laughs> <laughs> get out of here oh god showtime oh man all right well listen there's a lot of stuff coming out because as you have heard us talk about tonight it's oscars season well not really oscar season but it's oscar season in terms of the movies that are being released and the showing the screenings that are out there and what we have coming in the coming months uh so whew, it is going to be i think it's going to be a pretty good oscar year actually given a lot of the quality that i i've been seeing recently really um, good oscar year yeah and it's like it's weird that the supporting like performance categories are just so off because everything else is packed to the brim like i yeah. mean just truly there's no way we can get around it but we'll see it's crazy 
All right, let's dive into our news. We have some news to talk about that I think is going to be pretty fascinating. Uh, one is one of the big topics that we're going to talk about is some delays with films and some issues happening with films. Um, but then some interesting castings that I want to get your opinion on because we haven't talked about them. But first and foremost, let's talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This movie seems to be in a little bit of trouble, in my opinion. Um, there have been recent reports of reshoots uh, on the film, which are nothing new. Uh, movies have always had reshoots. They used to be sort of like the thing that no one wanted to see out of a film. It's, it usually said uh, or it signified that there was signaled, let's put it that way, signaled uh, trouble with the project. Uh, but what they're, what we're seeing with this, based on a Hollywood Reporter report, is that uh, Sam Raimi's film is going back to Los Angeles for what they call significant reshoots as well as additional photography from now through the end of the year six days a week, which is pretty, that's like a movie. Like you can film an entire movie in that time. It's just about um, to say that. Yeah. This is literally a movie. Like this is a straight up movie. Like, Oh God. It's, ins it's insane to me. And they've been filming for quite a bit. So, you know, I understand that there's a lot of things that change when it comes to building a universe like this. And that's what I'm chalking it up to, uh, that there's probably, you know, some creative decisions that have been altered that maybe will be, better reflected in the reshoots or additional photography. Um, but remember too, that this is a movie that originally was going to be directed by Scott Derrickson. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he left in January of 2020. And then when Raimi came on, he and his writer pretty much reworked the entire movie uh, and rewrote the entire movie. And it was, and then it started filming. So like it's this, what we're seeing, they're heading back right now after principal photography and principal production or whatever was already completed. Um, they're going back in such a short time that this is really weird to me. So I, I don't know. It, it's already been delayed. I think that's just because of, you know, the general landscape of Marvel movies and stuff, but this worries me a little bit about the Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange film. Could this genuinely be because of, I, I know I was like talking about crazy, like movements around like Spider-Man stuff. And I, I truly can't remember where I got the sources. So I'm backing off them, but uh, could this be now because they were rewriting the ending? of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home that they had to, like, <laughs> I was about to use the word tweak for the Doctor Strange movie, but this is not tweak. This is twak. Tweak! 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 Hey, it could be. It, it ultimately could be. Um, I, I really don't know. There's nothing that's really public that would lead me to that point one way or the other in terms of what is causing this. Um Maybe they want to introduce another character. Maybe they want to heighten another character. Maybe they want to rework where it leaves off. Um, maybe it wasn't work. I don't even know if they showed any footage to test audiences. I doubt it at this point. Um, but I don't know if something wasn't working when they were looking at it. So they decided to go back. But I mean, this is a significant amount of time. This isn't a two-week reshoot. This isn't just a few days a week. This is the majority of the week through the end of the year. That is insane. It's I I mean, I yeah, like th this shows. Well, I, I'm going to put a positive on it where they're, you know, they're showing great care no. and something. like <laughs> I'm trying to. I just like got a Spider-Man trailer and I was all mopey because I'm tired because it's a <laughs> Thursday. But I'm like, man, Spider-Man's coming and there's going to be eight of them. And I'm sad. Like look, Ew, look, spiders. Oh, <laughs> spiders. Wait, no, you got to do it like Blink-182. Spiders. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I'm so Everywhere. sorry. Everywhere. Um, oh, 
yeah, since you're saying it. spiders, it just it just reminded me, and I didn't bring this up earlier, but um, uh, who was it that it was Jamie Foxx that shared a clip or something, and it said like electric or uh, uh, some some nod to his character, and the hashtag was chasing spiders. And I was just wow. like, oh, okay, come on. Feige <laughs> took one of his kids. <laughs> just like, just like Spe- old. Speaking of, I also <laughs> forgot to bring this up, but we're talking about Marvel, so this is okay. One of my favorite things in the past two weeks was that, like, last week, Feige was like, yo, guys, everyone calm down. Let's not, like, heighten expectations oh, yeah. so much. It's getting a little crazy. You'll be a little, you know, it's, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And then the other night at that event that they did at a Regal in L.A. where Tom Holland was there to introduce the trailer to fans or whatever, Tom Holland was like, this is the best movie that has ever been done in the superhero genre. Uh, they achieved the impossible. It's going to blow your minds. There's stuff you don't even know. <laughs> There's like stuff you don't even know in this trailer. <laughs> you're going to be seeing some things get punched. Yeah. <laughs> It's insane oh, to me. Um, we're we're in nutty times. Let's talk about Star Wars, though. We are in nutty times. And speaking of Disney uh, having some challenges with some of their properties, uh, Star Wars is not really going too well. So hot on the heels of uh, what's her name? Kathleen Kennedy being apparently having her contract renewed at Lucasfilm for five years. Uh, it looks like two movies are in trouble at Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars headquarters. Um First and foremost is that Patty Jenkins' Star Wars movie has been delayed indefinitely. What used to, what we first heard was that there were scheduling conflicts, um, but there is a a blog, excuse me, or a newsletter issued by uh, an insider, Matthew Baloney, who used to be the Hollywood Reporter editor, and he recently reported that there's tensions between Jenkins and the studio caused by. Uh, creative differences, you know, the famous quote-unquote creative differences. It's like if you're a sports fan, like a hockey fan, it's a lower body injury or an upper body injury. Oh, yeah, yeah, lower body or upper body. It's like a hole in your yeah. lung, but it's, <laughs> it's like an upper body injury. Yeah, so uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron seems to have a hole in the lung. Um, and basically, they're saying that it's something to do with the film script. If this sounds familiar to you, every one of the Star Wars projects since they reintroduced the trilogy have had issues with the script including rogue one uh that was i think the most notable one that they didn't they reworked like the third act or something and, um, well they, they re not reshot it completely they didn't go six days a week but they like the, the, there's stuff in the trailer that was not in the final moments of the movie yeah. which is like kind of a nutty situation and that's why well gilroy stayed on tony gilroy stayed on but yeah we're going to go which through I'll all be discuss, like, which I'll be discussing later. <laughs> there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Like if we look at every single one of like the uh, filmmakers with their relationship with their movie, it's it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not at all. And, you know, so we have that going on with Rogue Squadron. One of my favorite quotes is that uh, in that baloney piece is that he <laughs> baloney uh, yeah, is that yeah, he, you got to use the full name. Otherwise, it doesn't work. It's <laughs> 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 like that baloney piece. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Matthew Baloney's piece, uh, he he says that Jenkins didn't want to dick around <laughs> because she has other projects in line. And she basically kind of the way that it, it reads is that she kind of was just like, fuck it. Like, I'm not sticking around anymore to deal with this bullshit. I have other stuff I'm working on. I am ready to go fuck up Wonder Woman. Th- I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to go over to Wonder Woman three. Um, but the he went on to say that it's a quote unquote laughably recurring problem at Lucasfilm and that other and that agents um, have said that uh, top filmmakers are often keen to sign on for the movie, 
or for a movie within the franchise, but find themselves hampered by issues of quote unquote micromanagement and plot point by committee processes, which is not good. Um, what we also need to discuss is that uh, there are two other issues going on in the Star Wars world. One is that if you remember the Game of Thrones showrunners were going to uh, bring on a trilogy um, or yeah, they were going to bring in a new trilogy of some sort and they bailed. They're no longer involved. Um, and then Ryan Johnson after uh, his uh, much maligned movie, like the most divisive of those three, I would say um, for how they handled it. My favorite, by the way, um, unfairly maligned, I would believe. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. He was working on another trilogy and apparently that's been shelved. Yeah. So there is nothing on the docket right now outside of Disney plus properties for or projects for uh, Lucasfilm and Star Wars for Star we're Wars. Watching Star Wars on TV then like we're watching Star Wars on TV for the next uh, uh, like for, for indefinitely like uh, at this point. Yeah. Rogue and Squadron I, was December 2023 and that was the next one and that shelved. And so that wasn't even going to happen. So we have not. Let's see. When was the last one? It was Rise of Skywalker, which was, I think, in 2019, if like uh, if I'm being right there. So we would have have not seen one in four. Yeah, about four years. And so uh, we wouldn't have seen one then. And now officially we're not getting anything. Now, I, I look at this as their, you know, it's it's a treatment of directors or their inability to talk with directors. I mean, I, I truly don't know what what this is anymore. I mean, Ryan Johnson, they dropped the ball on many pursuits. This is how I look at Last Jedi, and this is how because like many of my friends do not like Last Jedi, so this is how we like make make our peace together. Is that um, it was an exceptional film that did not belong within a trilogy, like yeah. you know, because you killed the big bad. <laughs> like, it's just like that didn't really. I mean, it was awesome who in its own movie. Who never was very well resolved. To this day, pisses exactly. me off. It's never still, very well resolved. Like, but it was like just this really cool move. But it was something that's like that's better in its own movie. <laughs> like, not in the <laughs> not a part of the not the big nine trilogy. Um. So, but what happened is Ryan Johnson has said this in several interviews. He said nobody gave me any sort of blueprints, like any Marvel blueprints, to say like you know, hey, this guy has to stay alive. You have to introduce this person. The story has to end here so that the next person could pick it up there. Um, it's interesting that even then there was the Colin Trevorrow project for, uh, mm -hmm. for episode nine, where, um, we read that script, uh, and that was an amazing script that healed the, like the, the, the division that, I mean, truly it healed the division that last Jedi. Absolutely. Caught. And then they just crapped that out and they said, Abrams fix this and make them make the fans happy, which no fans were happy then. Cause we don't know what we want. Cause if you feed me chocolate cake every day, I'm going to get sick. And I <laughs> Then you, <laughs> then you then you have a uh, you know Lord and Miller you know that wanted to make their own movie and it was pretty solid the whole way through and for for the most part it was Lord and Miller but there was a few edits that only like Ron Howard like that they brought on Ron Howard to like I don't know hit the edit button six times like <laughs> I mean with all respect to Ron Howard you didn't direct that movie at all dude <laughs> like I I just wonder with you know all of these like weird situations the Tony Gilroy situation we talk about now we've got Patty Jenkins like they're just you know like like messing with her so she's out ryan johnson said like you know all right i don't know who's who's wrong here with ryan johnson i don't know if he was just like you know what i'm out or if uh you know the uh you know star wars people like you know kathleen kennedy and stuff like that were you know messing with him or saying like okay now we're going to control you after what happened with the last jedi and he's like all right i'm out i think you you have to, uh, marvel has figured out this way to bring creative control 
with something, but also like keep it within what a franchise should be. Um, and you know, I mean, granted that hasn't always happened by the way, there have been examples of that very much not happening, but for the most part, something like Marvel is really good at it. And now we just have to look at was Marvel just like this miracle that happened. And, you know, granted it was with a lot of hard work. It was with a lot of smarts. It was with a lot of brain power, but was it something that really, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if that was just something miraculous or just something that was like stitched together by duct tape as they landed the plane dur- after Endgame and they were just like, okay, let's just do like open up universes and just call it a day. <laughs> like, well, I, I and it, but it also was a brand new thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Marvel's been around, but in terms of movies and stuff, what they did was really just start from the beginning with building this universe that they've established. Whereas bringing in a new, the, the final trilogy of Star Wars, they had to go back to what was done in the 2000s as well as what was done, the early 2000s 1999 was that when it started when was the oh, first uh episode one i think it was um, was it 99. 97 or 99 99 yeah um you know so and then of course what happened in the 70s starting in the 70s so they had a lot to bridge i just here's my thing looking at it from an outside perspective and not being in the know obviously um with any of this how do you renew kathleen kennedy for five years when she can't get a plan in place for these films has to continue to delay. There's all these reports of issues with projects that you've released in the past. Think about Marvel in terms of even the projects that didn't do too well. They didn't just move on from them and be like, we're done. Like think, uh, thinking solo, like solo has a pretty good following actually. And arguably really? it's a, yeah. So there's people that really want a solo too. Mm, um, really? <laughs> I, pro- probably not very huge. I mean, I, I enjoyed that movie. I thought it was um, okay. <laughs> But it's not just you don't just cut cut and run. Um, Marvel at least doesn't cut and run. Marvel takes their stuff and like reworks them into other projects. The Hulk being a prime example. The Hulk they had some trouble with its own films. They were able to work it into other projects. Hulk has become very successful in those mm-hmm. larger films. Um, even think of Ragnarok. I mean, Hulk is great in that. Um, but I guess all that to say, how going back to it, how do you renew someone for five years when they're reportedly really ruining relationships with some of the top filmmakers in the industry right now. I don't get it. I'm not even kidding. Bob Iger needs to come back. I 1000% it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Cause this is uh by, by the other Bob I'm calling him the other Bob. He doesn't even deserve his last <laughs> name. I can't remember it as good. Cause Iger is easier to remember, but it's, it's unbelievable. How, you know, right now, you know what it, it's I'm, 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 I'm going to watch it on Disney plus I'm going to watch the cool TV stuff. Cause I like the TV stuff, but I'm done. Like, like focusing on star Wars as movies. I mean, Hey, I mean, let's think about after the prequels, we all like said we were done with star Wars thinking about yeah, movies. Right. And then all of a sudden Abram showed up it, there, there was time to heal. Then all of a sudden there was just like a whole bunch of stuff that we still loved. And now, you know, it got a little bit divisive because, you know, fans start to think, and that's okay. But like fans start to think a, a little bit different here and there. I think they're sort of focusing on the fan diffusivity, not a real word, um, too much. <laughs> and I think they sort of say like, you know, whoa, I, I saw a bad Facebook comment about, uh, you know, Last Jedi. We should probably Switch like up. <laughs> throw Ryan Johnson into the sun. And it's like, well, no, let's let's put him in a place where his like, you know, creativity could be used because he is a very creative, very um, you know authentic director and is not an Abrams like Abrams right. is cool. Uh, Johnson is cool. They ain't together on. They are very different types of directors, but both can do something a little bit crazy. 
You're also pissing off the fans, though, in this sense. And I, like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, a, the hardcore Star Wars fans that are like the Star Wars fans that are out there. Um, but you know, if you're expecting that they're going to wait around for another ten years for you to get your shit together when it comes to the the movies and whatever, if you're going to continue the Skywalker story at some point, which I don't think will happen, or mm-hmm. if you're going to introduce new trilogies or whatever it may be. Um, if you think that's going to happen in a climate that is as uh, needy as today is when it comes to social media and uh, media in general and just needing to be fed all the time, especially when you are part of this larger family that continues to feed its audiences, that's a problem. And I don't know how they're going to recover with the same leadership. They honestly will with uh, Disney Plus shows, though. I mean, let's face it. Mandalorian was the only time that every single Star Wars fan like got together and like, you know, got into a circle, joined hands and started singing La 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 because it was just something that everybody loved. And, you know, that's not coming back for a while. So God help us there. But <laughs> then again, it, it, because that was so successful and because, you know, there's some other stuff that they're going to be doing and that they're uh, championing on um, Disney Plus. Why are those guys not? putting together the ultimate plan for how we're going to go forward. And if that plan is already, you know, underway or there feed the fans in some yeah. way, you need to tell them what's coming because all we're seeing are false starts and that's and, not reassuring for a property. And, we, and like, we're, we're talking about the, like the two guys here, like, you know, when I think about them, it's uh, Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau mm-hmm. where these guys should be like, you know, yep. they, they should be, you know, at least if not heads of Lucasfilm, I understand that maybe like, okay, cool. Kennedy wants to like have, like that like title next to her name and just like make her feel special and give her a lollipop fine like put, but put it's these called guys a ceo in, <laughs> like, exactly yeah <laughs> but put these two guys in complete creative control i mean favreau's fun to make movies with and then feloni is just like somebody who adores the entire star wars universe fills in these like you know crater sized plot holes this is who we need the entire Star Wars universe. And that's so important that you just said that because mm-hmm. it's not just looking at the movies, but Star Wars has such a huge following when it comes to the novels that are out there and the uh, the comic books. And you're right. He identifies these holes where it's like, oh, there's story to be told there and then knocks it out of the park. So I, I'm about to watch a, like a giant orange woman in a headdress for like eight episodes because Ahsoka Tano was exceptional in <laughs> in the Clone Wars. And so I, I can't wait for Rosario Dawson to be like, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about that I'm still excited for this crap. It's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I think we've exhausted this topic, but all that to say, get your shit together, Star Wars. <laughs> we have talked a lot about this. There's a few on here that I don't know much about though, so it'll, it'll last quicker. Okay, wonderful. Well, uh, let's transition then to one uh, that I wonder if you ever were a subscriber to. Movie Pass? Were you ever a Movie Pass holder? I was a Movie Pass holder. Um, I and you know what? I wasn't a Movie Pass holder for long enough, and I like because I didn't jump on for a while because I actually truly didn't believe that that's what it was for. And it was one of those things where, like, you know, like my buddy had it forever, and uh, like he just said, like, you, know, you have to register for this. It, like, you don't understand. You see, like, eighteen movies a month. Like, yep. you would put them out of business, and I might have, but <laughs> <laughs> you are referenced get, in this article. It took it took a couple of months after that when they went down for bankruptcy. Um, but uh, I, but I'm assuming you're a movie pass guy. <laughs> I definitely was a movie pass guy um, uh, to the end. But I remember like having so many issues like everyone else was when they just got into the situation where they were canceling reservations or nothing was available. No, they had Slender Man. (laughs) I remember there was just like literally just Slender Man for like eight different showings everywhere. I was like, this is 
terrifying to me right now. Which to this day, <laughs> I refuse to watch because I disagree with the fact that they made that movie so quickly after the uh, true story. But anyway, oh um, yeah. So let's talk about MoviePass. This, of course, is the theatrical subscription service that everyone abused and probably put out of business. Um, but it did try to come back from the dead multiple times. Um, and then the parent company, I think it was Helios and Mathos was the company. Um, I don't know why I remember that, but I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Uh, went into bankruptcy. Um, so anyway, they are looking to relaunch because the uh, co-founder of MoviePass, Stacy Spikes, uh, recently was granted ownership after placing a bid for the company uh, and then shared that there is a new team exploring the possibility of a relaunch. They've already made a huge change. Big change. Their logo is now black. Um, oh. That's the big change. Yeah. So if you're interested, wow. you can go to the MoviePass website and put your uh, name in there uh, to keep uh, keep up to date when uh, you know they relaunch and if they relaunch. Um, but Sean, my question to you is: Do you think? Let me actually let me rephrase this. Where do you see MoviePass fitting in in a uh, environment, a movie going environment that has changed for multiple reasons? One the pandemic has altered the frequency that a lot of people go. But two, we have subscription services all across the board now uh, with some of the country or some of the countries, some of the companies um, that did have them overseas. For instance, Cineworld, who owns Regal, did have their subscription service overseas prior to it coming over here and prior to the pandemic. But we do. We have Regal Unlimited. You have the AMC stubs. Um, is it worth it for MoviePass? What do you think? I only took a basic uh, course in macroeconomics, but this does seem <laughs> like there's this like X on the board. Um, and I think when it comes down to it with MoviePass, it's like, oh, less people are going to the movies. Now that could hurt MoviePass because no one goes to the movies because of the pandemic. Or that could help MoviePass because there's not you know a lot of freaks like me that go to 800 movies a month. And so they're thinking hopefully they can hit that little middle ground and you know enough people go to the movies uh that they will buy this because otherwise it's pointless like if you go see one movie a month like whatever the cost is going to be of this thing it balances maybe balances out if they're if they're doing the same cost per month which by the way if they're doing the same cost per month they're friggin' morons that's ridiculous but um <laughs> because what was it like 10 bucks a month which like was insane yeah, it was it was only nine ninety nine, um, and I should mention that this is going to be they're going to dive into this a little bit more when it comes to uh, a docu series that I think is being produced by Mark Wahlberg's company, um, which I can't wait for. I think that is going to be fascinating. <laughs> um, what, was, can, what were those words? Like, Mark I Wahlberg's company. Oh, go for it. <laughs> what were those words? Um, can I tell you? I'm looking uh, to remind myself what movies they um, oh, they had supported and. One of them you mentioned uh, at some point, Gotti. Uh, you didn't mention that on this pod, but when we were talking, um, an American Animals was the first one I forgot about. I remember American Animals because I remember seeing the trailer, and like I remember one of the studios when it was like talking about all the studios that were in the front of the trailer. One of them was Movie Pass, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> right. Um, here's the best part of this. So uh, once Helios and Math Matheson, that was it, not Mathos, Helios and Matheson. Um, acquired MoviePass. They uh, changed the uh, producing arm or production arm to MoviePass Films. They had a movie called A Vigilante, Escape Plan, The Extractors, 10 Minutes Gone. And you know what else they had before it went to Hulu? Boss Level. Are you telling me? Probably was their best one. 
I watched boss level like eight years after. Like, so, <laughs> oh man, I was you watching boss watch level because I thought, yeah, I thought it was current. <laughs> Apparently, they it was made acquired, by Pass. <laughs> they also acquired Monsters and Men, Border. That's pretty good. Vi- villains and the Reckoning. Hmm. I don't. What was the Reckoning? I don't remember the Reckoning. Oh, villains! Oh. I remember villains. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Villains was um it was like a black comedy or dark comedy um with Bill Skarsgård, Kira Kira, Kira Sedgwick, Jeffrey Donovan, um where like the two have to rob a gas station. They rob a gas station. They take off. They end end up in a home, um and they uh end up kidnapping the people. But they kind of like turn the tide on them. It, it's a good movie. Villains is a solid movie. I'm always in for anyway. a Jeffrey Donovan movie. All that to say, would will you be subscribing to Movie Pass? <sighs> I have to look. At, <laughs> I feel like I'm like a politician right now. I have to look at everything first. <laughs> um, but like I, I do. I you know, I mean, I probably will because I see a mo- one movie a week, and so this will be a deal. You know, because I don't think it'll be forty dollars a month. And if it is, I mean, that's something. But like, I'm sure it will be less than that. So this feels like something that I probably should do. Now I have to also look at the fact that, yeah, how much does it cost a month? And then like there, I don't want them to black out like movies or, you know, like, like certain things that like they didn't at all. And that's 100% where their bankruptcy came from because like they said, go into all of the movies you want. (laughs) Um, I think it was one a day, but I mean, good Lord. (laughs) Okay, cool. They also, they ultimately did though. That was like when people started filing lawsuits and stuff because they were charging people but they weren't allowing you to actually book anything. But like, like you said, Slender Man or whatever it was. Just Slender Man available. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Crazy. All right, let's dive into the next story here. Uh, this is about Martin Scorsese's next project at Apple. So he definitely has Killers of the Flower Moon coming up. But Apple uh, has just uh, agreed to his next project, which is going to be about the Grateful Dead. Um, it's an untitled biopic on the Grateful Dead with Jonah Hill. Uh, stepping up to play Jerry Garcia, which is actually pretty good casting, in my opinion. Um, I, it's I don't know much about Grateful Dead, to be quite honest. I know that I'm not a deadhead. Um, but what I do like about this is that the team behind uh, American Crime Story, the people versus O.J. Simpson, are writing the script. Wow. And I think that's a solid team to be writing the script. Um, so kind of interesting that Scorsese is going this route. Um, it says that uh, the band and the group's management are participating in the film. Um, so that always makes me a little bit nervous. That's like, isn't Madonna, we always bring reference this one. Isn't Madonna like directing a film about her starring her or something? <laughs> it's that one. And then the other one that bothers me is Bohemian Rhapsody. Like where it's just oh, like, yeah. yeah, like Freddie Mercury was an idiot Which, and we were all smart. <laughs> did you see that uh, story though? Or the, the statistic that it made $977 million worldwide or something along those lines? Um, was made for $55 million and still lost like $51 million. Oh, because of all like, yeah, that's wait. <laughs> so I, made, I didn't dive into it, but yeah, like I'm trying to get the math here. <laughs> like made 97 was made for and still lost. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I had to pay all the Brian Singer lawsuits. Um, <laughs> Ooh, 
<laughs> I really uh, dislike that movie. But um, I mean, like when it comes to this one, um, yeah, like the same thing. I don't really like if you like I, I don't know the voice of Jerry Garcia even. So I don't even know like if Jonah Hill has like a personality to this. He's got like the chill move there. I mean, you know, honestly, looking at the two of them, you slap a beard on the guy. You know, it looks pretty convincing. Um, I know it's more complicated than that when it comes to the nuances of the performance. But at the very least, aesthetically, this can work. Um, but I mean, the, the one great thing about this is this is Scorsese doing a music biopic, which I'm like right now ticker taping through my head right now. And he's, he's done concert film Scorsese. So he obviously loves, loves, loves music. I do not know if he's done a, uh, like a music biopic. And so this is going to be an interesting road to travel. Um, he's done a biopic before he did the aviator. So he knows the biopic formula. But a musical biopic will be really, really interesting. If I if if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's done one off the top of my head. So I was about to ask what um, I don't I don't believe he has. But I, I was about to ask off top uh, off top of my head off the top of your head. Um, I am completely combining two comments right now. Number one, off the top of my head, I don't know if he has done one done one focused on music. Number two, which Jonah Hill are we gonna get? Because Jonah Hill has fluctuated in weight quite a lot, significantly. Not yeah. like a Christian Bale who does it for roles, but Jonah Hill clearly has a predisposition to you know some weight issues and stuff. Um, it's a situation that worries me when he's opened up about it. He's been uh, yep. quite bothered. Uh, I mean, you know, we're looking at this picture right now, but there is like the most of the pictures that people are putting up, which might actually be pretty poor taste on a lot of articles. Are they're putting a you know a more overweight Jerry Garcia, and so. Um, I mean, you know, I guess they're putting either one in there, but, uh, it's, uh, it would be interesting what we're getting. What will it, what like people will be asking of him, you know, cause he'll, he'll also do something for a role and sometimes he'll do it for, you know, uh, you know, his own situation, but like, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I worry about him sometimes when, you know, just for yeah. mentality, mentality wise, 100%. he does fine, but mentality, he sometimes I think struggles with that. And so uh, it will be interesting. But all in all, I mean, I know that like Jonah Hill, it's interesting when uh, someone uh, put it this way. I think it was Andy Greenwell on the watch where it's like, you know, when you ask for a dramatic Jonah Hill performance, you sometimes get straight up nothing like, you know, it's something like Moneyball. And I, I still liked that performance. I won't lie, but it is something that's dialed back or you can get like his other really great performances, like in something like, I guess I consider it a comedy, obviously, but Wolf of wall street where he's just like this unbelievable, righteous, like, you know, insanity. Um, I don't know what this is. I think it's something in the middle and uh, it's going to be an interesting way of looking at him. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, let's talk about our last story here, last casting to talk about tonight as well. This is one that I'm actually really excited for. This is Leonardo DiCaprio uh, being cast as Jim Jones in a film called Jim Jones. Uh, Jim Jones is the cult leader who claimed that he was God uh, and was responsible for the infamous 1978 mass suicide in Jonestown. Um, I remember I was asking my brother, is this the, the uh, Kool-Aid one when they all drank the Kool-Aid? And that's what it is. Um, I'm excited for this because I think that I, number one, Leonardo DiCaprio is great in roles like this in serious roles. And I think can be really captivating as an actor. Um, when you mentioned Wolf of Wall, Wall Street, you know, he's, he can captivate an audience there with um, really anything. My negative is that the Venom writer, Scott Rosenberg is writing oh. the script for the firm film. 
Yeah. I mean, hey, so, people can do different projects, I guess. <laughs> Holy. Oh, boy. I, I'm I'm a little bit more um, trepidatious about this one. Um, I, I, first of all, I should mention, I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but I like really do genuinely like I'm fascinated by cults. I like love cult. I just because it's one of these things where it's like, you know, it's normal people that do it. They don't look normal when it's happening, but it's normal people like, you know, that start out. And I just always love thinking about that psychology. And it's really like a lot more interesting than people think because people just think it's a bunch of hypnotized people. It's not that. And, um, and so I've like known about this one for a while. And uh, first of all, the movie before we get to Leo, which is going to be very interesting. And I'm excited about that. But before we get to Leo, the Jim Jones movie is going to be a really tricky one to do because either they water him down, which I don't think is a great idea, obviously, in this situation, or they show everything, which means like I'll have to use eye bleach after because it's <laughs> like it's it's horrifying. So this is one of those where it's going to be a really tricky like balance that they do um, in like what to show and what would be far too disturbing or, you know, Hey, maybe in these situations when we're in a world where like, you know, things get fought for and mob mentalities and stuff, we may need to see like something this disturbing as a worry that it might get led this way. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's casting was very surprising for me. Yeah. I did not think like, when it comes to someone who would play this character, this guy is like kind of straight up the devil. And it's it is like it's very interesting that DiCaprio, like, you know, someone who's like the highest level of movie star is going for this. He can he he's there already. He's like you're like you said, like Wolf of Wall Street. He has the manic part of him. But then there's the part of like Jim Jones where like everyone's like, you know, like could imagine Jim Jones was like, you know, manic at the altar, like trying to like, you know, pass out the Kool-Aid at the very end. But at that very end, he was like in a chair, like about to die on drugs. Like that dude was like, you know, he was at a different energy completely. Like he was like kind of like every, like he was mentally like done, like for like weeks before the end. And it will be interesting to see. I, I think DiCap if anyone could do it, DiCaprio can do it. I was just so surprised to see such a large star in this role. And he could disappear. Um, and I would almost like to see him disappear because, you know, granted, he's going to be such a horrible person that it's going to be so difficult to see our good old Leo doing this kind of stuff. But it's... um. It's it, it's really interesting. It caught me off guard when I got the news. I'm I'm ready for it. Um, but uh, wow, I'm I'm excited. I am excited. I think the director is going to tell us everything about this, and mm. um, we don't have a director yet. So I think that is going to be the telltale sign of what direction they're going to go with this project. And I'm trying to think of who I would want to see direct it. It's um, <laughs> <That's> really tough. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so I don't know. This should be should be fascinating. Chloe Zhao, why not? Um, actually, yeah. Actually, you know what? Oh, wait. I don't want to. Mm. No, let's not do that. Why? <laughs> I don't like this game. Oh, <laughs> like, boy. No, I'm trying to. Now, now no, I like. I'm, I'm trying to now imagine it with Chloe Zhao, and I don't. I don't. I don't like, I'm scared about this movie. I'm so scared about this movie. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, man. All right. Let's jump into our rants and raves for the week. And I think that this is a really good time to do it because our it seems like our internet connection is starting to be, uh, you know, wonderful. We're having um, a so <laughs> we're having a, a tad bit of trouble. Um, but what uh, I would like to first start out with is my rant. Here is my rant. This is going to be short and sweet. 
We talked about the uh, movie trailer earlier for Spider-Man No Way Home and how they digitally, lately, digitally removed characters from it to try to keep things from us. Sean, you also brought up how we saw uh, trailers for uh, Rogue One. I almost said Rogue Nation, <laughs> making shit up. Um, for Rogue One that didn't have stuff in the end, uh, ultimately in the end, and that was for a reason. So that that's not type the type of trailer that I'm getting upset with, just like I'm not totally upset with the first Justice League trailer that we got from uh, Zack Snyder back in the day, because of course things stepped in and uh, or things happened that resulted in other people stepping in and finishing that movie and um, getting to the abomination that we ultimately did. But the, what, what upsets me is when things are in trailers that aren't in the movies or when things aren't in trailers and are specifically kept out of them or digitally altered from the actual film. That's the part that gets me. So we're, you know, they're clearly working on the effects and everything. If you have lizard, uh, electro and sandman jumping through, but they made an effort to remove two characters from there potentially to, uh, alter what we think about it or to, you know, to, to change the, how it looks that frustrates me a little bit. Um, and I can't really put, uh, put words into why it frustrates me, but it just feels disingenuous that that's not the movie you're ultimately delivering. And you're really trying to mess with people's expectations. You're selling them on something that isn't in the ultimate, uh, you know, the ultimate product. So when you're thinking about like a sales commercial or whatever, of course you want to really entice people to see the pro the products, but there are standards and stuff that keeps you from number one, lying about it, um, or number two, deceiving. And that's what these trailers are doing is they're deceiving. If it's cutting, if it's cutting footage together, that's one thing. Um, and like being creative with how it's, uh, how it's in there. For instance, there's a couple scenes with Doc Ock in the Spider-Man trailer that I think he's not talking to, uh, Tom Holland, I think he's talking to probably one of the other Spider-Man, most likely Tobey Maguire or something like that. They're cut together. Those scenes are cut together kind of interestingly. But if you're going to digitally remove people um, or digitally alter things to throw people off, I just I think that's a little bit of a shitty territory to get in. And that's my thought. And I, I just think, like, just don't show that scene. Right, just that's don't what show I thought. That cut. Like, it's just, you know, the, the the trailer is five minutes long. I mean, just don't show that cut. Like, you you get, like, a couple of seconds off of the thing, and you're good. But oh, there's yeah, nothing yeah. else that you could have put in there? You know, it's, it's, I don't know. Crazy. Um. Okay, so mine is going to be an interesting rant, because this I've, like, kind of flip-flopped on a little bit. And so it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit interested, but... My rant is uh, going to be about uh, directors constantly being asked about Marvel movies um, or superhero movies in general, I should say. Um, but Marvel movies are the popular ones, and that's why the, they are there. Um, it was just uh, recently Jane Campion uh, was asked. And for the uh, interviewer that asked Jane Campion if she'd ever <laughs> direct a Marvel movie, go fuck yourself. Obviously, Jane Campion is not going to direct a Marvel movie, you friggin' moron. <laughs> you you absolute idiot. So on one hand, yeah, respectfully, <laughs> go fuck. Yeah, it might be someone like I really like, but <laughs> that did it. I don't know. I, I forgot who did it. But regardless, that's ridiculous. That's truly ridiculous to like be asking all of these like, you know, artistic directors if they would ever want to do it. There's been a few of them recently. And the problem is, is that it just turns into like this clickbait kind of stuff. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's very it's it's shallow and truly it is. And to do it, you know, you're going to get some sort of response that is like a little bit rough. Now, I'm going to keep ranting, though, and I'm now going to rant to the directors. 
So to the directors, this is a genre now. This isn't like a type, like one movie or five movies or even like a franchise. This is a genre of movies. And I will say this definitively, you can't say a genre sucks. I'm disallowing it. It is against the law to say that a film genre sucks. And here is why. It's because all types of genres, whether you like them or you don't, have good movies in them. Rom-coms. Not the biggest rom-com guy, but there are some amazing rom-com movies that are like straight up masterpieces in there so you cannot say so i can never say that rom-coms are terrible because there are rom-coms that are good you have to say that through the superhero movies now you might argue that like you know a lot of them are the paint by numbers same thing a lot of them do kind of follow the same outline but there's some that break the mold there's some that are artistic there's some that aren't all right. You cannot say that they're all the same. You really can't. I know you can say that some of them are the same, and that's absolutely true. Oh, maybe the majority of them are the same, but you can't really say that now. So what I say to the directors, I'm like, look for the challenge, man. Like, you know, I mean, I, I argue and I'm not I'm not just calling out Campion or Villeneuve or, you know, even Scorsese. But, you know, hey, Scorsese, you're about to make a musical biopic. Be, like you are doing everything on streaming now with Apple TV Plus. You know what you should do? Try a superhero movie. They, they're they're weird. Yeah, get in there and switch it up. Yeah, it's it's something like, you know, they're, they're putting in like weird costumes and they're like going. Kenneth Branagh made a superhero movie and Kenneth Branagh is like the last person to make a friggin superhero movie. Be so. the change you wish to see in the superhero movies. I'm telling you, like, and it's one there of those is. things where like shout out to Chloe Zhao that like tried this out where it's like she like once again had Francis McDormand shitting in a bucket. And then right after that, like did the Eternals. And I think that there's something like, you know, really great about that. So. Uh, like so my two rants are interviewers stop asking that stupid question okay because it's not getting anybody anywhere uh directors if you get that question be a little bit more open-minded boom yeah i agree with that and i think also recognize that there's preferences so like a director may not may not like those movies but it doesn't mean they're all shit um it's similar i was going to bring this up earlier when you were talking about a movie that is getting a lot of um attention for being uh negative attention for being like a slice of life movie i think mm -hmm. belfast is what you were talking about yeah, yeah um and you know that's maybe you just don't like slice, slice of life movies i'm not saying you but people you know mm -hmm. like there's some slice of life movies are very good and you know, one I didn't talk about tonight, but I'm, I'll put the review up in the next couple of days. Um, the Tender Bar that's coming out. That is very much, I, I would call that a slice of life movie because it's based on a memoir. And it's, you know, from the perspective of obviously the writer and you explore his life and some of the stuff that happened. Um, and I remember people saying afterwards, like there were people that loved it. And then there were other people that were like, there wasn't much there. Um, and it, it doesn't have this huge, like, oh my God, like third act climax and things go to hell and all that shit, but it's, it was just a really good movie and that should be okay. Um, so maybe that's not for everyone. Like you're not going to see Scorsese directing a movie that doesn't have a punch in it. Um, you know, you're not going to see, uh, I'm trying to think of a good, a good example here. You're not going to see like Lord and Miller, um, <laughs> doing like the next Jennifer Lopez rom-com. Right. So, um, I don't know. I, I think people just need to be a little bit more open-minded and stop yeah. being so opinionated. Yeah, and also don't get mad at these directors because that's the one thing. It's like I remember when Scorsese come out came out with like you know saying like oh these superhero movies they aren't cinema. I still think that's a poor statement uh, from Scorsese. I don't think he's correct at all. But there are people that are like what Scorsese know, and I'm like he knows a lot. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> he knows so he knows much more than all of us. So you stop it. <laughs>
Well, Sean, here's what I know. There are a number of movies coming out this week that I know we both are going to be talking about at some point um, offline, whether or not we record a spoiler pod or not remains to be seen. Uh, but we have a couple movies such as King Richard that's hitting theaters and HBO Max, Ghostbusters Afterlife hitting theaters, Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, Mothering Sunday in theaters, Black Friday in theaters. That's the dark horse for the best Oscar, uh, best picture and a house on the bayou on demand. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just love that you said best Oscar at first. It's best like, yeah, Oscar, an Oscar would be the best Oscar. <laughs> it's the best Oscar. Um, so I'm trying to track that movie down. Uh, expect a lot of content. No I'm kidding. Uh, one other thing to draw reference to for in terms of announcements for the website for guyatthemovies.com, Hawkeye, uh, the Hawkeye preview has started from Darren's movie reviews and Hawkeye recaps will begin on Wednesday. Uh, I'm tired. I am tired as well. When are we gonna? When do you like? Let's do this now. When do you want to meet again? Do you want to meet on Tuesday or? What uh, we're live. Oh okay. Oh, if you want to do it late, you want to do this later. Uh, should we? You want to discuss our schedule live? I mean, no, you talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the red thing in the corner. <laughs> uh- I literally thought we were done, dude. <laughs> oh, man. We are very, very tired. Uh, Sean, hey, you know what? See ya. As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.